Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls, beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike. Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mares, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man that he is. They chat about topics like Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champ, sports, music, culture, and family life, and being a dad and a husband. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English are out on Tuesdays, and episodes in Spanish are out on Wednesdays. What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast alongside... My partner, John LaRocca, we are going to talk some G1, we're going to talk some AEW, some NXT, and uh, do a little bit of, a, of an intro talking about some fun things that we have coming up this weekend, not only on this podcast feed, but also just the community in general. But first, what's going on, John? Dodgers are down 3-1, so I'm a happy camper. Absolutely fantastic. Now, that's all I'm going to say about it because I'm I don't want to brag too much right now. Don't want to jinx it. Don't want to jinx it, but I'm ready to send some t- tweets out and text. <laughs> well, you know the, the the tweet that went out, which was just you know, very predictable because you know we we always do this. Kershaw, right? Like Kershaw yeah. well, again. I did, I, I did do playoffs, but just <laughs> but just because it was a Kershaw deal, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm into it. You know, we uh, Brad, my buddy Brad, and I have that Thompson to Clark podcast, and um, <laughs> and when we talked about the ALCS and the NLCS, we looked at it as okay, who can beat the Dodgers out of all of these teams left? And he thought the Braves had the best chance, which I would, I thought, oh, that, that's pretty interesting. Um, you know, once the Yankees were out, I on the other side, I was like, oh, like I thought the Yankees were maybe the one team that could beat them. But hey, if the Braves get it done, I'm a Braves fan, and I'm rooting for the Braves to win the World Series if that happens. Yeah, I'm hoping for a Braves and Rays series, but mm-hmm. we'll see. I know those Astros, man. Yep, I'm cheating again. all right so let's talk about a few things before we get into the meat of the show um for those who are in our facebook group which you can find uh pinned as the top post in our twitter feed at fight game media we, we created a book club and the idea was we're all still just sitting at home and pandemic still going on where we all read these books why don't we pick a book for a month and then at the end of it kind of get a zoom chat going to just talk about it and so that was the original idea i picked keith greenberg's uh too sweet book on the independent scene for what the last five years he covered it and lo and behold our buddy nick mcmood sees keith uh, out at the GCW, uh, the collective weekend, talks to Keith about our little book club, and he's like, oh, I'm kind of interested. I'll I'll jump on the call." 
And then I go, Nick, did you get his information? Ah, oh, I forgot. I, no, I, yeah. You know what that meant, though, was he had too fun of a weekend, which is what that meant. But I reached out to Keith, and, and he's in. I think I think uh, our buddy Wade also, Wade Hagen also met him. And so we're going to, I think, as far as I know, I think he's probably like 90% certain to jump on. We're going to have our Zoom call with the folks in our, uh, in our book club and Keith Greenberg, the author of the book. So... I think I'm going to record that. Uh, I'll record it as a podcast. We'll put it up at some point in the next couple of weeks. Also, we'll put it on the YouTube page because it's going to be a Zoom call. So in a couple of weeks, uh, people who, who are not a part of that uh, and still want to hear us talk to Keith about that book, uh, you'll be able to hear that in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to put that up, but it'll, it'll be fun. It sounds like... Uh, I, don't, I don't know what others think about the book itself. Like I am not the biggest indie fan. So I found a lot of it entertaining. I found a lot of it pretty educational, but I'm sure people who are are really in that scene were like, Oh yeah, I was there or I saw that or whatever. But I I thought it was intriguing. I think the one thing that's kind of interesting and I want to ask him about this is there's a lot of guys that he talked to in that book who got uh, involved in the speaking out movement and are Mm -hmm. not really currently wrestling right now. So it's kind of interesting because his book comes out and, and this thing happens right before his book comes out. So I'm kind of interested if that if he thinks that affected anything. Maybe he's writing the follow-up, speaking out. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> he should. Uh, I got to talk to Nick. all the quotes. I got to talk to Nick and maybe Wade and ask him like, so GCW, why were people actually leaning on the hand sanitizing stations watching the show? I don't think that was a good idea. I I was very worried for them. Not, not because I thought they were being reckless. Just because, you know, I, I, I was worried. It sounds like they're okay. At least Nick has mentioned, you know, Nick had to do some judging or whatever. So he, he got tested. He says he's negative. Uh, ha- haven't talked to Wade. I'm assuming he is also. But uh, there's three of the wrestlers who have said that they've tested positive from that weekend. So that's that's a little sad. I saw something that 24 people as of now, you know. Right? Is that, is that what, from from that show? I think it was from the collective Oof. Twitter. I think I retweeted it with a oh wonderful. <laughs> yeah, so. it's not it's it's not good. And I mean, I've conflicted thoughts about that, but I also know that to some folks who are wrestling fans, that weekend was like great for them. Not not that not even if they were there, but just that whole pack that whole package of of wrestling shows. Which you know we we covered Bloodsport. Bloodsport was fun. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, this is, uh, this is a little worrisome here, you know, with with uh, the whole idea of that. But hopefully that is the least of it. And, you know, everyone is fine and, and all that and it can move on. Um, the G1 is wrapping up with the final three shows. By the time some people listen to this, the last A Block show will be over. So unfortunately, because of the timing, you know, you, you may hear uh, this show and and already know what happened in the uh, the A Block. But so A Block and B Block, and then the final night all is still upcoming. So it is Friday uh, Friday afternoon um, in Japan. Sorry about that. 
my alarm went off for some reason. What, what, what are you waking up at ten o'clock in the morning or ten o'clock in the night? No, I, I take a <laughs> I have to take some kind of medicine at ten o'clock, so it's just a reminder. I, now we're recording a little earlier, so yeah, 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 yeah. We did. Jo- you know John, I mean? John's you know did? ready a little a little earlier. I said I'm gonna take this at nine thirty, so it doesn't go off. So I'll, and I'll turn it off. And you know what I did? I took my medicine. And you I didn't turn off the didn't turn off the alarm, of course. So <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, so anyway, so basically, the the three main shows, the three last shows this week, the next three days, uh, Justin and Carlos with their G1 cast, they are going to be back Friday evening. So we'll have a show with them Friday evening. And then I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I know... That they're going to have a couple guests on, and and I hope I'm not spoiling it or I'm not jinxing it, but as far as I know, there's a pretty good chance uh, Fumi Saito is going to be on with them, and there's a pretty good chance that Chris Samsa will be on. I'm not sure which one uh, is which, but I, I know that that was Justin's plan, so I'm crossing my fingers that I didn't just jinx that. Um, so they'll have show Friday night, they'll have show Saturday night. We'll also have a show Saturday night, um, not you and I, but uh, Robert Robert Silva and Carlos Toro and myself after Lomachenko uh, and Lopez. We're going to do a recap of that fight, and then we'll tack on the Saturday G1 cast. And then on Sunday, we'll do me and you talking WCW Saturday night, and then the final G1 cast talking about that final show and that'll be the weekend. So there's going to be audio for the next uh, several days in a row. Uh, like I've said in the past, if it's too much, like do not feel like you have to, you know, listen to every little bit. Like you can fast forward. You're not going to hurt my feelings. You're not going to hurt Justin's feelings. We just love that you know you 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 listen to us, uh, you know, as as much as you do already. So, so uh, the final night of G1 Saturday. Well. Sunday early morning, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. all right, so I can watch that Sunday night. All right, cool. All right, I'm just trying. I was thinking, I'm like, I gotta fit all this in. I was just, we were just chatting on, uh, you know, on Twitter, you and I about being behind, and I'm way behind. You're, you're ahead of me. So, well, I, I will say that I've skipped, I've taken the B block for granted a little bit because I've heard that a lot of those shows haven't been as good. And when you look at it's like Bullet Club heavy, so mm-hmm. you know what happens in those matches. And so um, I'm trying to keep up with the A block as much as possible. I know that I've kind of like had matches going and then I have to do something and I don't get to see it really the way that I want to see it. But I would say that my favorite match of the tournament so far is still from night two with Tanahashi and Naito. But uh, I also really, really loved Minoru Suzuki and Kota Ibushi, though that match seemed a little dangerous for my taste because they were slapping the shit out of each other mm-hmm. um but yeah there's been there's been uh, lots of really good stuff and you know we still have osprey and uh and okada to go which last year was my favorite match of of the whole tournament um but yeah you know i'm with you i don't uh i i, I for the last two years i watched every single match and i paid really close attention and that just did not happen for me this year for whatever reason it uh I watched a lot, but not as much as I wanted. What do you think about uh, Jeff Cobb? He has a chance to get over 500 if he wins his next match. And who's he wrestling? Uh, he is wrestling 
Is it Yujiro, I think? Let me, I, I can double check here. Yeah, he hasn't roached. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, yeah, he's right. resting Yujiro. Ooh, I think so. I feel like Yujiro's going to at least get one win, right? <laughs> so, I mean, over he Jeff. He eight. He, he, over Jeff would suck, but for me personally, but I hope not. Um, I think so. Jeff's had a great tournament. He has a really damn good tournament. Um, I think every all but one match has been really, really good. So um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how he does with Jijiro. I like to see him just tour islands and really quick. Like I've been waiting for Jet to do that to someone. Just, mm-hmm. just a quick win. I think Jijiro will be good. And and Jijiro doesn't need wins. You know, he's he's fine. I guess if he went he went he went uh, winless in this tournament. What'd you think of Cobb and Ishii? Which really a good. lot of people are saying that as far as matches that they've seen of Jeff's, that they thought that was his best match ever. I know uh, Melter DMs me like right after and he's like gloating about it. And I'm like, oh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to watch it. And then I, so I watched it and it was really good. And he's trying, he's trying to tell me he's better than Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly. And I was like, I loved, <laughs> I was like, I love Jeff, you know, and, and, but I, you know, I have to be real. And, and it was, you know, I, I feel, I, I still felt, felt Finn and um, Kyle was a better than that match, but you know, it was a great match. You know, Jeff and and Ishii have great chemistry. Uh, Ishii loves Jeff, and um, I really liked his match with Akata. Did you watch that one? Mm-hmm. I thought that I thought that was so much fun. I thought Jeff showed so much personality. Um, it was all him with the Okada Rainmaker pose. Like that was his call, and and. Um, I, I thought it was great. He had a little attitude. It, it just, I think he's really, really coming into his own here. This tournament, obviously, for last year, of course, you know, the first big tournament, being nervous. Um, it's a big opportunity for him. This year, a little more comfortable. And uh, he seems he, like he he's in it. better shape, too. Definitely in better shape. I, I really like his. Uh, his size here, the way he's uh, he's put together here. I, you know, I know he got really bulky. Um, in the past, but I think he slimmed down a little bit, and uh, he looks great. He looks got those traps and shoulders, man. Just the, he looks awesome, and uh, and of course uh, the wife still comments about the gray uh, <laughs> goatee, which we also had a discussion about on the uh, G one class slash All Japan <laughs> Champion Carnival. Yeah, so you guys, Jeff, you that that was quite the show with all the stuff you guys were talking about. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, yeah, Jeff. So Jeff Card, uh, Jeff Cobb's a uh, gray. Goatee has been talked about a lot by the fight game family. Okay, so just quickly, um, just the the standings here: uh, Jay White six and two, Kota six and two, Kazuchika Okada six and two, Osprey five and three, Taiji four and four, Jeff four and four, Ishii three and five, Shingo three and five, Minoru three and five, Yujiro zero oh and eight. On the other side, you have Evil at six and two. Naito at six and two, Sonata five and three, Zack Saber Jr. five and three, Goto four and four, Kenta four and four, Tanahashi three and five, Juice three and five, Yano three and five, and Yoshihashi at one and seven. So the people who are still left in the game here, uh, in the A block, Jay, Kota, uh, Okada, and Osprey are still technically alive though uh you know the second one of those guys at six and two wins uh osprey is out of there and then on the other side evil naito sonata and zack saber jr are all technically alive as well 
And so I'm just taking this from Chris Charlton, who wrote, as far as tiebreakers are concerned, evil controls his destiny in the B block win, and he's through. Sonata needs a win, and for Naito to lose, and Naito needs to win, and for Sonata to win or draw. In the A block, Jay, if he wins, he's in. Okada, he needs to win, and he needs an Ibushi and a Jay loss. If Ibushi wins and Jay loses, he goes through. Osprey, <laughs> my guy, uh, poor Osprey, he needs to win. He needs Yujiro to beat Jeff, Taichi oh, to beat Ibushi, and Ishii to beat Jay. That's the only way that Osprey can win. So some people are talking about a Team Jay versus Team Evil finals. So all Bulka. Pretty interesting, though. I don't think so. Though. I don't know if that match is going to be great. Um, yeah, I don't think so. I think it's going to be. I think Ibushi is going to be. In it. Or maybe Okada. God, we're going back to Okada right away. In the, in the beginning, I picked Okada and Naito to rematch, have Okada win, and then challenge Naito for the title. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just picked it because I did. I saw all the Sonata picks. Like Everyone and their mother was picking Sonata to come out of the other side. And I was like, I don't want to see that. So I, I, I don't want it to happen. So I'm picking something else. But Sonata's definitely, uh, he's, he's got a chance. How was his match with Naito? Did you watch that one? Uh, It was okay. It was good. The one that I haven't watched that I really want to watch is Tanahashi and Sonata. Uh, that's the, that. That's one of the few B block matches that I was like, oh, I need to watch this, and I just haven't had a chance. Got it. All right. So our G one challenge update. So all of the folks who joined our G one challenge in our Facebook group. So we have the overall points, and everyone gets winners based on uh, gets one point based on winners selected in the next two um the next two a and b block shows and then and then their points are locked for that and there's no points for the final show and then we all predicted who we thought would win a and b block and who would be the 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 winner and we get points five points each for those uh predictions so even even if people are uh, who are leading in in the everyday points it doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to win because we have our other predictions and then there's a tiebreaker. So just right now, all of this will not be sorted out until late Sunday. But leaders in the clubhouse right now, David Laval and uh, Parker uh, at 58 points, David Oakley at 56, Jeremy, our buddy Jeremy at 55, uh, Kevin... Nick McMood, Randy B, who is uh, my buddy Randy Bartholomew, all have 54. I'm surprised. Randy B doesn't watch uh, much New Japan, so he's he's kind of going with trends here. He's doing great. Brady, Josiah, Ryan Pike, uh, S- uh, STEA, all at 53. Um, Ryan Fantasia at 52. Uh, Richard at 51. Uh, Dale and Shane Mai at 50 casper k at 49 uh chris aiken chris dipetrio and steve at 47 justin payne 45 chris samsa 43 or 44 i'm at 43 (laughs) not not a good tournament for me here uh robert two roberts at 42 points aaron parker peter h and robin clark at 41 points and larry s uh paul fontaine at 
39 and David Lamb at 37. At so because this is a, a daily thing, I think certain people dropped off when they saw that they weren't doing too well. Oh, but there's on. still there's still a lot of competition at the top. I mean, there's you know, you're talking about uh like five points. Uh there's like there's like 10 or 11 people within five points at the top there. So I bet it's gonna be early, fun to see what happens in the end. I bet my early money on just nipper. So now I'm a little, <laughs> I don't think he did it. <laughs> oh, yeah. damn. That's I, why I think, I think he decided I against trouble. it. I want him to have him trouble with this tournament. Well, he was he, playing he's the fight game block. G1. I'm more interested in who's winning the G1 on our, <laughs> uh, our Facebook group than I am the, who's going to win the G1 in in real life. Yeah. We'll, we'll get, we'll get all that stuff updated by Sunday. And uh, and yeah, so it'll, it'll be cool. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention before we get into our nuts and bolts, which is on the Fight Game Media Twitter, uh, Mike Gilbert's Combat Republic. He put together a little giveaway for um, the Impact uh, Bound for Glory show. He's got a Fight TV code. So if you, I think you have to follow both of us and then you follow the Fight TV account and then there's something else that that he wants you to do but get in on that because that that's pretty cool he's got it you know he's got a free code and he's getting tons of people to respond and you know hopefully you know they'll, they'll do a halfway decent buy rate uh, uh, as far as uh impact is concerned but uh, but yeah check that out and then uh, get in get in on that i i'm i'm not exactly sure when mike is giving that away but i think bound for glory is not this weekend but it's next weekend so it'll be before then okay before we get to uh what john and what i i I tweeted at john today uh, direct message him that said come up with your aew one year of dynamite just thoughts about the promotion so we're going to get to that right after we talk about indeed what's funny about indeed is i'm actually in the I'm actually looking for people, not only for the website to, to write, but also like podcasters who, who want to do stuff. And I was thinking, it's like, man, you know, I wish there was a way for me to like widely find people. Like, I wish there was an Indeed for like uh, part-time <laughs> writers and part-time podcasters. Because, you know, looking for folks is, is kind of tough. It's, you're usually at the mercy of, you know, friend of a friend here or someone that you may know. But I wish I had indeed for this for this uh, exercise because um indeed is the number one job site in the world because indeed gets you the best people fast and unlike other sites it gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring which means you only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts so right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it. Try Indeed out with the free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available. So go right now, Indeed.com front slash BlueWire. Offer is valid through the 31st terms and conditions apply all right so i gave you the heads up aw dynamite likes and dislikes about this show one year of dynamite would you like to begin or would you like me to begin i'll begin uh, my likes i really like the pace of the show 
Mm-hmm. I think they always have something going on. Um, it moves quickly. I like that. Um, I want to see how they're going to keep that pace up for years two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a concern of mine. But uh, other than that, like I appreciate that. I appreciate there's constant action or movement. Um, it doesn't slow down, which I do appreciate. Done. And another big light I like about it, and it's been since day one, is I like how everything's lit. I like how the the production. I like I've overall like of the lighting. I really think um, they stand out. You know, head over heels of WWE and NXT at least with that. And I know you know recently WWE. You know they have that new um, Capital Sports Center. Um, which is a cool, I like it, but I wish it was still lighter, right? Mm-hmm. Still too mm-hmm. dark for me. Mm-hmm. And I understand what Triple H is going for. He wants it to be different from Raw and SmackDown, but you don't have to go dark. I would like this maybe go a little, you know, you can go lighter with some yellow, you know, they're red, you know, Raw's red, SmackDown is blue. We can do some yellow and, you know, a lighter ring apron or something to kind of make it pop a little bit on camera. But but AEW uh, really liked the, the lighting of their show. And even the only time they ever really had poor lighting was, unfortunately, they had to do at the uh, QT Marshall School for a couple tapings. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, the the dailies, uh, you know, where they're at now is 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 really well lit. And I like the look of it overall. So I had that on my list as well. I would say my second list, or sorry, my second like is that they don't do this for every program, but I do like the attempt at some long-term booking, some long-term storytelling. So Kenny Omega and Adam Page, I feel like that's a long story that they have not rushed through. It looks like MJF and Chris Jericho will be a long story that they are not rushing through. They don't always do this, but I do like the attempt because it is so hard to do this when you have so much TV. I mean, you know, WWE has Raw and SmackDown and all of those little small shows that really don't matter in the whole scheme of things. But, you know, when you have two hours of TV every week, you're burning through stuff um, you're you're burning through matches, and you're like, oh, we we need a main event here, but we can't. We got to remember this long term storyline, because we, we can't screw that up. So, I think that's a challenge. I, I like some of it. I don't think that it's been a hundred percent successful, but I just like the idea that when they believe that something is really important, they are willing to forego that short term risk for the extent of of telling that entire story so i like that about dynamite yeah yeah no they i like their attempts at long-term story but sometimes i think they go too long <laughs> the, that that is that is possible for sure i think they they get a little too they get a little too creative for their own good like um like ftr and the you know ftr and the young bucks thing mm-hmm. i think we're just it's so long now that i really don't even care to see that match um uh, even a little bit with Paige and Omega, honestly, I think um, I, you know, this tournament, they must, they might be in the finals. There's a lot of people are just saying that's what's going to be, but I think they might throw a little monkey wrench in there. Um, I still think they're wrestling at the pay-per-view though against each other, but um, um, will it be as hot when they get there? I mean, it'll be a good match, but I don't know if it's, it's, if it feels as hot, but I do like the MJF Jericho stuff right now. And mm-hmm. um, I want to see how, that goes hopefully not too long hopefully 
I can go another month or two with it, but it, I, this shouldn't go as long as a page and, of course, Omega story. Of course, they had a whole tag team title run and everything, too, to kind of spread it out over the year. Yep. All right, what else? Um, That was it on my likes, really. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, I mean the, you know, they had, like, the first part, obviously, before COVID, you know, I like the shows better than, I think. Um, they get a little too goofy, you know, lately. And I think they're, they're hitting some, some rough patches with some shows, but early on, I really thought they did well with, um, the shows overall. So my other like, and I'm going to make this about the champion, their top guy. I think they have done a really good job with protecting their top guy with their top guy being you know a true champion jericho uh until he lost moxley has been a really good champion now you know on the other side i i think drew mcintyre has been an awesome champion for wwe and now you know now now that they got roman back they actually do have a legit champion on that side too so i feel like wwe's maybe got their strongest uh, champions on all three brands that they've had in, in quite a long time. But I feel like AEW, you know, they, when they started uh, from the get-go, they, they made sure that that was going to be really strong for them. They weren't going to, you know, pitch the title back and forth and and put it on guys who didn't deserve it. So now the, the extent that the next guy, whoever that is going to be, it feels like we're coming up on that pretty soon, right? Moxley's been the champ for a little while. Mm-hmm. Whether it's going to be Omega, whether it's going to be Paige, we saw MJF get a shot. So it's uh, it, it, it'll be interesting to see where they go. But I really like that they've done a good job with with these uh, with with the, with their with their top title. Yeah, and NXT too. Like Adam Cole has been a was a great champion. Um, you know, Keith Lee. You know, should have had a longer run, but we know that you know he was. He was heading to the main rosters soon. So, um, and poor, unfortunately, Killian, uh, Killian Cross, uh, Karrion Cross got hurt. So we can see, but I think they're in good hands with Balor as champion once once he comes back from his uh, his injury. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, it's a good point. Yeah, um, they they did protect their champions. Now on the opposite end, I think sometimes they beat challengers too quickly, and and um, you know, kind of takes some. Uh, some of shine off guys early on when they could have probably built them up a little longer to to have a, like a, a more meaningful big big championship match. All right, what about your first dislike? Uh, well, that's kind of what I was talking about right now. The ch- you know the contenders and stuff of building up guys. You know, Brody Lee beat right away. Um, Lance Archer beat right away um, in his first big match. Um, Stuff like that. But, you know, they did good with other challengers like MGF. I thought they built MGF really well up for his match with Moxley. Um, felt like a big match, uh, you know, building to it. Um, and, um, yeah, so I thought they've been um, – I thought that's been their weak size. Building up challengers. And also another big weak uh, dislike of theirs is just inconsistent with the TV show. Like, just for example, this week. Um, last week we had – you know, Will Hobbs in a match with Brian Cage, and they're trying to tell a story that, you know, Will's giving his all, and he's standing toe-to-toe with Brian Cage, who's, you know, this champion, even though it's a fictional belt. But, you know, he's, it's, he's 
considered a, a top guy there, and he's hung with them move for move and took it to the limit. And this week, he's in the front front row, you know, singing Jericho's theme song. So just stuff like that. Like, there's got to be some follow-up. Then you got to have time. I know they like to do longer matches, but I think you can shave off five minutes here, three minutes here to put a match on with the Will Hobbs. Maybe this week, hey, getting a big win, you know, getting a solid win over someone. And, you know, he's now he's, you know, he had, you know, now he's back on the, the winning track. Just something like that to kind of keep, you know, people fresh and and momentum going. Mm-hmm. So my number one uh, dislike for this show it is the I, I won't quite say it's a polar opposite of how WWE works, but generally you have one guy at the top who is Vince. And so no matter what, the whole presentation, whether you like it or you don't like it, is one person's vision. Now he goes back and forth on 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 stuff a lot, so it's not you know, you, you would think that would be a little bit more of uh smooth. Because it is one guy who can basically, you know, write everything out and what he wants, but you know, he changes his mind a lot, so it's so it's, it can be disjointed. And on the flip side is what we have with AEW, which is there's multiple guys in the mix, and you know, Tony Khan will say, you know, I, I'm I'm the last person, I, I have the final call. But sometimes when you have multiple people in charge. There is a disjointedness as well because there are certain programs that are solid and then others that aren't and and it doesn't feel cohesive to me. But the benefit of the doubt that we've always said with these guys is that it's their first year and they're learning. But now they do have a year under their belt. So I hope some of that gets a little bit better because I do feel sometimes like for instance, and we'll talk about this when the NXT, when the uh, we do our uh, Dynamite NXT reviews. But you know, for as for as much as I say, you know, we have this long distance plan with Omega and Page and Jericho and MJF. We've also had a ton of time to put together a challenger for FTR, and we're just going to throw names in a lottery thing and make a four way. Like that's the kind of stuff that I don't like necessarily, and that's the kind of stuff that I always, you know, NXT for their last takeover. That's all that they did. And it frustrated me. And now it's happening on AEW. Like I don't need to see a four way of three teams who aren't pushed and the young bucks in a match. Like, yeah, just put the young bucks in the match. Like, why do we have to see these three other teams who don't deserve it? Oh, just for the possibility that there's this hail Mary win. And then it's, Oh, so you're saying it's private party and FTR, you know, like, like, so like, I I don't like that kind of stuff. Like let's let, let's just roll. Like they should have had a much better long-term storyline with the young bucks and FTR to build to this match that we all wanted to see. But instead they didn't, you know, they, you know, maybe they thought it was too, um, too much of a giveaway or, you know, but but I I just think this uh, a lot more similar consistent and easy booking would have been better in this way and I don't know why they didn't but then you look at Cody's programs Cody's programs are pretty logical he's the champion he's got a challenger they wrestle next next week got a she's got a challenger they wrestle a good match next week challenger so it seems like he knows what what he wants and maybe you know that's not always 
cohesive uh, with everybody. And it, it won't always be because there's not one guy who's dictating everything at the, you know, at the end. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Tony, of course, he's very inexperienced. He's never booked before. This is his first year of booking any, any kind of pro wrestling. And so, um, you know, he there's a lot of flaws that he has, obviously, like, you know, too many brawls and different segments that, you know, he should be, you know, learn like, hey, you know, if we do it here, it's not going to mean much later on when I need it for my main event, etc. Um, there's a lot of stuff like that, that. I see a lot of same things that happen in matches. Uh, and on an undercard where it should be focused on the on the main event. Uh, okay, what is another one? Uh, that's basically it on on that. Um, you know, I can go on a long list of stuff, but you know, we, we talk about a weekly anyways, and I have a lot to talk about this week. Tell you to tell you this show. Man, I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't like the show that much either. Yeah, I was curious. I didn't read anything on Fight Game. I was kind of like, I wanted to wait to talk to you about this on this podcast because I wanted to know your thoughts on AW Dynamite this week because I was pretty pretty pumped for that show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anniversary show, you're expecting big things to happen, and uh, we'll get into it later. Yeah, I have two more things that if I was to grade them that I would demerit them for. One of them is the style of match, which is kick out of the finishers, um, you know, multiple times. Like, I get it for a main event, but we don't need to see that the entire show because it takes away the drama for when you really need it. Yeah. If you're doing it in the opening match, then, you know, when Moxley in the main event does it, it's not as big as it could have been without, you know, people always talk about, you know, that WrestleMania match with Austin and Rock, uh, at WrestleMania 17, where they're kicking out of uh, you know, each other's finishers like crazy. If you did that every match, mm-hmm. getting to that main event, it wouldn't have meant it wouldn't have meant as much. You know, it wouldn't have worked. So I, I get frustrated with that. And then the last thing, and I uh, people are going to take this as a shot, and I guess in some ways it is, but Joy Janela, Chucky e. T, they made their way here going through that indie scene. And I think for that indie scene, both guys are, are really great for it. Though I did go to a PWG show where Chucky e. T was the champion and it didn't work for me then. But when you're on cable TV, you've got this show that is this big presentation. And like you said, it's fresh, it's hot, it goes fast, it's smooth. I feel like those two in particular have been exposed in a major way, mm-hmm. sort of like this big fish in a small pond, which is G- GCW. And look, like uh, you, you know, I I feel like I've given Janela so much credit for actually being a draw on the indie scene. Like I think he's a legitimate draw. He has a hardcore fan base that will travel during COVID nineteen <laughs> to watch him watch his show. You know his brand, his his shows or whatever. And similarly, Chucky e. T. And look, Chucky e. T. Even worked in New Japan, right? So it's not like he's this terrible wrestler. But on this TV show, both of them they don't look great. 
you know, JR was mentioning uh, on the show on Dynamite saying, oh, you know, Chucky e. T's a big boy, 6'2 and 230. As he was doing this flip over the front rope and his stomach was bouncing up and down. Like, mm -hmm. I, I was just like, I get it. Like, not everyone has to look the same. But, but I, you're on national TV now. But, so, But like, I think you do have yeah. to look like you care. Yes, exactly. And so that's a little bit of a difference to me. Like, I know Janela in the past has said, oh, you know, I'm going to get in much better shape. And I think he's attempted to, you know, maybe his body just is not uh, genetically, you know, can't look the way he wants it. But I, I you know, I, I just think that to some extent, some of these indie guys who I thought it was going to be really exciting to showcase them in a mainstream television program. And some of them have done pretty well, I think. Yeah. But you look at some of these other guys and I just look at them and I go, okay, we we can learn from this, but we don't have to put Janelle on TV if he's not working. You know, it, let's figure out a way for it to work and let's bring him back. Same with Chucky e. T. He's in this tag team. I kind of feel bad for Trent. Like, I think Trent is pretty good, but he's stuck in this with this gimmick of this team. And, and the team has some fans, but it doesn't work on this TV show. When I see the best friends in the marquee as a match, I'm like, <sighs> okay, like, I guess. And I don't want to feel that that way about, you know, watching the show. But, you know, just because of the the past opportunities, like and I'm going to give you two instances. People may think I'm nitpicking and maybe I am nitpicking, but there's, there's a moment in this match and we'll talk about it now. So I don't have to go over it when we talk about dynamite. <laughs> so Chucky e. T totally kind of interferes. And so Chucky e. T is going to get hit by one of the FTR guys because he's looking at Tully. And so in that moment, he doesn't trust either that the guy is coming or he flinches because right before he gets hit, he looks back almost to see, and then he kind of looks forward again. And I'm like, okay, why did you do that? You just ruined the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then there was another moment where he and Trent kind of got mixed up, I think, in, in their double team move. And so he was supposed to shoot into the ropes, but he didn't. And then he did. And then so when he then shoots back into the ropes, you could tell he was frustrated that they messed up. And he ran the ropes like he was Candace, like so slow. I was like, what are you doing? Like, mm -hmm. don't show me that you screwed up. Like, yeah. I like I on my eye saw that you screwed up. But where I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt is then if you fix it, not if you like feel sorry for yourself and show me that you, you messed up. And then don't fix it. Like those two things really bugged me. I may have just been on a, a kick with him anyway. No, so I'm like watching match, him a little bit more closely. Match on my day. A lot of my dislikes that that show, but that's definitely on there. And you're right. I mean, even 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 he hits the ropes at full speed, he hits him wrong. Like I don't know what he with why he puts his left arm down to the bottom rope. Like who hits it's like some weird lucha. I know they got trained by Chikara, so maybe that's what it is or whatever. Some Mike Quackenbush bullshit, but, um, but yeah, no, no, Chuck, Chuck E. Cheese, Chuck E. Cheese, we should not have all call him Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> um, Chuck E. T is, comes off to me, happy to be there, right, just fine with being there, Ricky Starks come off as a guy that wants to become a star, mm -hmm. that's the difference between those two guys, so, i rather have them invest in Ricky Starks and Chuck E. T, personally, so, um, 
but yeah, no, I agree with you on both on both guys. You're talking about Joe Janela too. Like Joe Janela is like, you know, he's frustrated because he doesn't understand why why isn't he using a better position? Why because it's just he's exposed here. It's it's you know, there's a higher level. He you know, at, at GCW he can be the main guy, but here he's just not up the up to snuff, you know. So And it's a different style, like to do television style wrestling. Yeah in front of a TV audience versus in front of a live crowd, it's different. And and so I, I, I can sort of understand that it may be a little bit frustrating for him. And I, I've seen him try really hard. And that, that I think that's the difference to me between Janela and Chucky e. T. Like, I see Janela try hard. And so when you try hard, sometimes you, you, you can be exposed too because... You know, you, you may make more of a mistake than you would if you were kind of taking it easy. But so I, I, I like Janela. Like, I think he I think he's got a lot going for him. It's just for this role, for what he needs to be on this show. I don't think he actually fits very well. And, you know, look, he, maybe they'll figure it out. But I, when I see him on the indie scene and I see how people react to him and then I see him on AEW, I go, OK, this is a different guy. Like, it, it's just it's also like a different performer and that, that i mean that, that that can't be great you know to feel that way and majority of the guys he's working against on the indies are you know not that great either i mean he does work some good guys but you know most of the time he's working guys about his level right Wait, didn't, didn't he work uh ricky morton on this yeah he show? worked ricky morton yeah <laughs> ricky morton put him more strong on instagram but ricky Morton's also still wrestling and he's booking so yeah, ricky ricky morton's gonna put everybody over oh yeah yeah, yeah he yeah, yeah, is yeah. one of the smartest men in indie wrestling because he's going to keep getting that paycheck. I know. I remember when uh, Meltzer tweeted out, see, Ricky Morton's putting it over the young bucks. I'm like, they want contracts, Dave. Come on. You should be smarter than this. But yeah, I know. I know. Joey General tries hard, but I also try hard work on my car, but I'm not. A fan, <laughs> right. So I don't think you tried that hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so overall, I mean, I'm going to nitpick this show. Probably more than most because I I just want to see them succeed. You know, I want to see them do well because it just works out best for everybody. And I like the idea of, you know, this startup company and these guys who kind of banded together and they're going up against, you know, McDonald's. You know, they're 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 this this uh you know, this independent burger chain and they're going up against McDonald's. So I, I like that. I, I like that story and I hope they I hope that, you know, I, I would say overall season one was a success as much as Maybe that show isn't perfect for me. You look at the ratings, you look at the their contract, you look at how how well they're doing, um, you know, how how much they've created as far as getting their name out there. I think I, I would say is is a really good success. Mm-hmm. Year two is gonna be different because the expectations are now higher. So I hope that they can they can step it up. Now are you saying AW's McDowell's? <laughs> Speaking of coming to America, you saw the coming to America too comes out in december right did trailer drop no i haven't seen a trailer yet i know i know our, our scene's been talking about it so i all right all right uh so <laughs> they yeah they um i forget the the studio i thought it was gonna be on netflix because eddie murphy's uh dolomite movie came mm-hmm. out in netflix but it looks like it was sold to amazon prime so if you have amazon prime you'll be able to see it i believe it's december 18th they they get the exclusive Man, so you got Bill and Ted come back mm-hmm. with a third mm-hmm. movie. You got Cut America 2. Oh, we get a Michael Keaton, Johnny Dangerously 2. 
That's what I want. Johnny Dangerously. One of my, I love that movie. <laughs> okay, let's uh, quickly talk about Bet Online so we can move on. Uh, you, you might not be at a game this year unless you're at. Texas. G- G- well, unless you're in GCW, right? Yeah, you were at you're at a bunch of games last week, but um, yeah, unless you're at Texas, because I think that's where everyone, all these boxing shows are going to go, so that yeah. they could actually have a crowd. That's where the Dodgers and um, uh, the Braves are playing. I, I know it's crazy yeah. to see a crowd, huh? Yeah, definitely. Uh, but uh, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. Like John had talked about at the beginning, look, if you had the Braves, you know, in some of these games, I'm sure that, you know, I don't know what the odds were, but I'm sure the Dodgers were heavily favored to beat this Braves team. You, you would actually be doing uh, pretty darn good. Obviously, there's a big fight this weekend. Lomachenko and Lopez. Bet Online has that. So if you have uh, a little inkling for an upset, maybe, Tiafimo Lopez upsetting the great Vasil Lomachenko. I don't know. I still think Lomachenko is going to win. But um, go to Bet Online, head over there today, take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all in one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's get the AEW show out of the way because we're kind of on the AEW theme. And I have a feeling the AEW segment's going to be a little bit longer than the NXT segment because I didn't really. I, I had like one thing I didn't like about NXT and then like a half of a thing. I had more than you. <laughs> yeah. I had a, cu- and a couple asterisks on my uh on my likes and some things, but a one on one match, but uh but yeah, okay, let's let's dive in this AEW, man. Okay, so my likes, I'm going to start with um the entire Mox Archer presentation. I liked that they had the you know them both kind of fighting in 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 the first twenty minutes, so it just reminded you like okay, these guys are in the main event, so we're gonna get them in on, on a segment to remind you that this main event is coming and this main event is meaningful, and then you know another half an hour later, Mox kind of gets back, gets him back, and they're just like look like this is the main event. We want to remind you that this match is coming on, and these guys don't like each other, and they're going to have a fight in the main event. And then the main event itself, I really liked it. I thought it was a really good fight. I liked the finish of it, though. I thought the finish was a little bit too much, like um, the Orange Cassidy Cody finish, even though that went to a time limit. I just thought the sort of the surprise pinfall kind of out of first nowhere. One. Well, not the first one. No, the most of the point, this me of the, the finish reminded me of the Darby Cody match, the second match they had. Hmm. You well, them up, uh, just, just the, the fact, just the fact that there's kind of like quick. this out of surprise, you know, the surprise mm-hmm. pin. But I, you know, to me, Mox has proven, you know, any any detractor wrong. I think he's been really good. Um, and, but but the other, it's like, what do you do? Because like you said earlier, they've run through so many possible contenders. So does that mean we're getting Eddie Kingston part two again as a pay per view match? Which Sounds like it. It was good. It was a good TV match, and I think Eddie Kingston is a good TV opponent. But they better have something else for that pay per view because I don't. I don't know if that's selling their normal, you know, one hundred thousand buys. Well, I think it's gonna be I quit match, right? Because he never said I quit. 
sure. submitted. And it'll so, be it'll be good. It's just that sell to try and sell that as a, as a pay per view. Look, your your diehard AEW fans are watching anyways, but it's like that extra, you know, that extra ten percent. I don't know if that match works for them. I'm guessing Tony Khan's. I think it's going to be I quit. I think Tony Khan's thinking Ric Flair, Terry Funk, but. Unfortunately, they're not Ric Flair and Terry Funk. So, well, but I think they could have a good match if it's their style. So, if if that's going to be the case for the pay per view, if that's what they're building to, it can you put that on the marquee though, or is it or is the marquee going to be well, you're, Omega you're hope, and Adam Page? You're yeah, your hope it's going to be it's going to be a, a a bunch of different matches, right? That's going to sell that pay per view. It's the whole show, not just the main event's going to sell. You're going to have hopefully. Kenny Omega and Adam Page is a big match. Young Bucks and FTR, right? They've been building to that. That's 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 a big match. Um, um, Darby and Cody, mm-hmm. you know, they've they've always protected Darby really well. So, um, you know, he's a big star there. So, and Cody's a big star. So, that's a pretty loaded lineup. I mean, and and then you can have, um, you know, Mox and Kingston needs to be a special stip match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, what was your like maybe, maybe singular like here <laughs> my like i had moxley and archers because it was the best match on the show i did like the first part the backstage stuff i thought oh this is cool you know i like to see uh, hopefully mox comes in a little little banged up and mm-hmm. and but it just didn't that's only ne- one of the negatives i had about this match I had a couple but it was like just didn't play into anything it mm-hmm. just happened. It, it, well, it did play into the fact that they made this match a no disqualification right, match, right. which I that, thought was, that was the the reason. I thought it was pretty. I think that's pretty lazy. You know, like why can't you just? Or at least he could have done stuff. Well, I got he had COVID, so he couldn't really maybe do, you know, as much as you wanted to. So I'll give him a pass on that. But um, the match was was like I said, best match on the show um, by a long shot. But what I thought when I was watching this match. I noticed one thing. You know, you notice like there was a two count, a pin attempt right away, right? I liked the quick, yeah, like, the, surprise. He the, the, the DDT right away. The, yeah, the double arm DDT right away. Like, you know, but that was it for a very long time. I mean, through a break, there was no pin attempts, no submission attempts until they started getting towards the end and they started, um, you know, going to, towards the finish and stuff, which I thought was very interesting, which I thought like, man, does anyone want to win this match? Right. <laughs> and just doing stuff. And, you know, Archer would hit like this big move and just like look to the crowd and like, dude, this is the world title pin. Someone make some pins. But compared to what was rest, rest on the show, in my opinion, this was the best match. That's why I have as my like. All right. I have two more. Um, so, did, I, I won't say that I I liked the Cody and Orange Cassidy match. I thought it was fine, but I did like the end of it because when Orange Cassidy stops the BS, I think he's a pretty darn good babyface. I think the problem is is that the way that he has to be a babyface against someone like Cody you don't really believe in him because there's all the shtick. In, mm-hmm. in, in among amongst that right but when he fired up at the end of that match i was like oh wow you know he's he's like he has good babyface quality but you have to deal with the other part of his character that doesn't necessarily relate to that babyface quality because so i'm going to compare him i'm not comparing him but i'm i'm sort of using an example 
when I'm watching this G1, every match that Tanahashi is in, I want him to win. Every single match because he is the one of the greatest baby faces in the history of pro wrestling. And he understands exactly how to be a baby face. And so when I saw that little that little glimpse of Orange Cassidy, I was like, oh wow, I'm kinda I, you know, I'm kinda pulling for it. I don't I know he's not gonna win. And I knew I sort of felt that they were going to the time limit. But I was like, oh wow, it'd be great to see him win and just based off of that that fire at the end and then you know they they went to the they went to the time limit they're coming back in a couple weeks i don't know what they can do with him in his current form unless the character transitions to a more sort of conventional character but then at the same time he may lose a lot of what he has uh, so I like I, I don't know what what they do, but I did I really like the end of that match, and I, I saw him for a glimpse, going like, "Wow, an actual babyface, you know, to 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 try and win a match," and I thought it was really cool. But you know, we'll see what happens in the next match. Yeah, I had this on my dislikes. I thought the match was very boring for a Cody match. For the most part, it was pretty boring. Very boring. That's probably why that those last five minutes also stood out to me. I know they were going long, so they're doing a lot of shtick, right? So they're they're stretching things out. And even I mean, did you really have to get the dark order involved to stretch this out? Well, the he because they were trying to show that he he's a good guy. He's a baby face. <laughs> and John Silver comes out, he grabs a title. Well, he's gonna try to hit he's gonna try to hit Cody while he walks by, mind you, Cody's manager, Arn Anderson, sees him with a belt as he walks by. Brandy, his wife, sees Sean Silver walk by, does do nothing. It's just so like frustrating. Just a just a just a time killer. Um, and they didn't need that. They didn't need this segment of that of that that match. Um, you know, it was a total style clash too. Um, I would like to see Cody maybe healed up a little bit in this match to build that sympathy for Orange Cassidy. I like to see a little more of that in the match. He didn't really do that. I think he's going to have to do it for the next match. He's he also going to have to do it for the Darby Allen match. Yeah, he should. He should. And, um, um, you know, his gimmick, Orange Cassidy's gimmick is tough because, like, he I hate, I hate when he turns his back to someone. They don't do nothing about it. Now, this is because of APW training. Like, we were taught... Where I wasn't a wrestler, but you know, I was a manager. But the guys, the wrestlers, are taught if someone turns your back to you in a match, you're getting your ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Like I've and I've seen it multiple times in matches where I, mean, I remember like one of the guys I match I managed Nate Rules. Uh, one of the guys turned his one of the guys they brought in from Southern uh, Central Valley turned his back on him. He just clocked the crap out of him from behind. And I mean, like clocked him. I mean, it wasn't like, like, what are you doing? You know, you're making me look like an idiot if I don't do anything. And of course, a lot of people probably frown about that by now, but that's the way it was taught, right? Someone turns your back, you hit him. And like, you know, he turns his back to Cody and Cody's just sitting there like hands on his hips. And I'm like, dude, like, you know, Cody took advantage of that, get some heat or whatever. Well, I, I kind of get it in that he is disrespecting them by doing that and they don't take him seriously enough so they just look at it as oh he's like trolling us and that and i so i i understand but i i i do want someone to like kick his ass at the same time i'm waiting for just one person when he does those little like (sighs) i like 
do all your shtick in the beginning, not like right all of a sudden in the middle he's doing his little love tap kicks right to the shins like do it in the beginning or just get it over with and just have a wrestling match or just don't do it at all just don't do it all title match yes exactly like show me that this means more to you than the goofy stuff unless you use it to your advantage to win the match yeah like i would i was hoping like after the first one cody just slapped the crap out of him right or something just to like Cody's like, hey man, you may sit serious about this. It just like I said, a style clash. Um, there's one point in the match with you see when Orange Cassie hit that slum dog stunner, millionaire stunner, and literally Cody got up, climbed to the top rope and hit a, hit that uh off the top rope springboard stunner, uh, a cutter. Like he didn't even sell the stunner. Like mm-hmm. it was just Yeah, yeah, this match was to me it wasn't that good. All right, so the last thing that I had here um, is Jericho and MJF. Like, they... It's almost like um, improv comedy in a way where they're just, like, trying to outperform the other guy. Mm -hmm. And it was definitely a performance, right? Like, they were trying to perform... MJF was definitely trying to perform. And so some some of it was a little inorganic, but at the same time I thought the performances were so good that um like the, I I just couldn't I couldn't I'm trying to think of like who's a better talker with better timing and just on point with everything. Like doesn't screw up than MJF right now. No, no, he's the best right now, for sure. I had, I wanted to put this on my likes. Like, it was going great. I was very entertained. I love the joke with Sammy's jacket being too big. You know, I thought that was a great gag. But then it kept, the gag kept going and going and going. And now we're going to have a steak dinner next week. So, which I hope it's going to be entertaining. But I, I almost had it. It just kind of, they kind of, AEW does this a lot. They have a, something good going and then they kind of always just, Go off the rails or with it or, you know, go off, go overboard with it. But I guess that's their, that's their deal. All right. Dislikes. Well, we talked about earlier the FTR best friends match. I thought that match was pretty, pretty below FTR standards. Um, they've had two stinkers like this in a row now, which, but I think what they're getting, there's a very few teams that are actually really good in, in AEW. They have a lot of tag teams, but like when it's talk guys that really have great matches with FTR, it's, uh, or maybe FTR is not that good, but I think they are. I just think it's just, you know, Chucky, Chuck Taylor, like you said, like you talk about stuff that AEW needs to stop. Like Omega does the dive out, right? The overtop, the Suzuki dive, whatever you want to call it, right? Like he does that dive out. So Chucky T, who does it and looks like shit, shouldn't do it. Okay? <laughs> Cut it out. Um, and like this whole best friends FTR buildup was just to actually be a setup for best friends and Miro and Kip Saban. Like ridiculous. The, the whole like uh, Trent crashing to the arcade game was was just nonsense because it really didn't play anything to the finish of the match itself. The match itself had a lot of issues that like we talked about earlier, some miscommunication with the best friends. And um, did you see at one point Rick Knox starts counting putting the count on the legal man in the in the match instead of counting putting the five count on the illegal man 
where uh, uh, Cash Wheeler says, "No, I'm legal." <laughs> you're Rick the one. Mom. You're the one who looks closely at the referees. Well, because they all suck, and it's so hard to <laughs> not to look at it. They're just they just stick out like a sore thumb. Um, Rick Knox could has to be one of the worst referees in the business today, and um, and then. The finish was lame. Why was Rick Knox? Why was he ducking? Who was he ducking from? The belt shot? You're the referee. You're the official. You're the authority. You stop the guy trying to hit someone with the belt who's bringing a belt in the ring. You don't pussy out and duck. You stop him. You're the authority. What the hell? All right. My, okay. I already talked about the Chucky T thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I already talked about the tag team lottery thing <laughs> that I didn't like. Yeah, that's all my thing too. So stupid and derived and wasted time. Um, you know, we've talked about not. I, I hate picking on the women's segment, but you have to point out when talk about two people who are on separate pages when they wrestle, and it seems to be frustrating. I mean, I, I would assume it's frustrating for them, like. I think uh, Sheeta like just was didn't like almost like what the hell's going on here at some point, but that match wasn't good. I I, I hate picking on it, but it's not it's okay. They're they're professionals. They no, I know, I know, but they have literally one segment every week, and it's not good. No, their their roster's pretty. I mean, until they get you know you know Rio Rio back and Jamie Hader back. You know, maybe B Priestley would be better, um, you know, to, to kind of up their roster of women or try to find some women on the indies that they could. I don't know who's out there right now. That's, you know, well, Nicole, I think, was is pretty decent. But, God, they had her act like a goofball in that that uh, lethal lottery show they had. So, but anyways, yeah. So what do you like about this match? Do you have a list? I do. No, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 like they just. Couldn't get anything right. No, no, oh, the dude, the dude, the double nip up spot. Come yeah. on, man, that has to be a, that has to be gift and shared from every for everyone. That poor Sheeta. Yeah, don't put her in that position. Um, so you see the 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 you know, they always do this in in wrestling now in modern wrestling. There's always like a dive out and they go to commercial break or mm-hmm. something happened on the floor and it's a commercial break. So. This match, they had Swole shove Sheeta right into the camera. She's like celebrating her offensive move in the camera. And Swole shoves her and she goes crashing right into the camera, right? Now, I usually fast forward picture in picture. Mm-hmm. But the wrestling gods, Luthez, Jack Briscoe, Harley Race said, John, you got to continue and watch this bullshit, right? And I did. And you know what happened? You think that you think now Swole's gonna take over? Now it's her. Now she's gonna put on the. You know, now she's gonna go on the offense. Sheeta goes right back up on the offense. <laughs> she just ran to a camera. <laughs> she's out there doing her dumb knee and oh, God, this is just. And then you see the the Swole did that cutter on the rampway. Mm-hmm. That little. She then she throws her back in the ring. Does a cutter again in the ring for a two count. So why did you do it on the rampway? Like, why are you killing your move? Just stupid. I don't know who is aging these matches. You, I think you know who's agenting these matches. 
Is Omega really aging this I, match? I mean, I, yeah, I guess we should say we are, we, we assume whole, that we we know. assume. I think he might, but there's a whole list of agents. There's Jerry Lynn. There's B.J. Whitmer. There's, or maybe they're not doing it, or maybe no one's listening to them. Maybe they're just like used car salesmen. Like when you go to used car salesman place, and they're all just standing a while and wait for someone to say, "Hey, yeah, we'll help you." Maybe no one's going to them. They should. Jerry Lynn should be maybe putting part of the women's booking, or or at least. The match layout or something didn't didn't uh isn't fit out there because he fits not working wwe anymore right is he an agent there no, no no i'm saying he's available if if they wanted him fuck man get lance storm on the phone you know if he can't make it from canada at least he can, he can call in yeah tell him what to do contractor. you know or uh zoom we got zoom yeah you know like contractor contract out lance storm yeah yeah lance lance Lance.storm at contractor.aw.com. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, 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 I don't get it. Like, they can, they can put on a simpler match to play to these women's strengths, but they just let them go out there and just do their thing. But like, you, sometimes people need editing. They do. They need producing. Yeah. Uh, okay. What else? Oh, I have one more, but it's not really. Uh, a dislike about the show it's more or less a dislike about the booking well you know Miro and Kip Saban versus the geeks you know I, I I did find it entertaining that Jim Ross is trying his damnedest to get Miro over as a beast and all this while he's not trying to reference the video game stuff like he's just saying everything but the video game and that's up to Excalibur and Tony Giovanni to do and he and you know but like man so Miro is the only the only way to get this guy going is to, you know, destroy his video game, you know? Like, that's just poor Miro, man. I don't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> um, You know, did you like the Britt Baker, Tony Schiavone segment? I chuckled a couple of times. I thought Britt was really good in, in, in her actual uh, ability to say so many things in such little time and not mm-hmm. skip a beat and you know tony's fun as the butt of the joke i i didn't see why it needed to be there uh, it, you know maybe, maybe that should have been on being the elite instead of dynamite yeah yeah i i i like Brit's delivery i think she's really yeah, coming to her own as a heel yeah she, she's, she, she's i mean could compare to what she was in the beginning of, of this mm-hmm. show and she's yeah. so much better yeah, she, she's established this character. She's doing really well with it. Um, I I have on my my notes here, like, more cussing on this show. I cannot watch this show with my daughter. But I did rewatch. I had to rewatch this main event again. Because I'm like, did I really like it? Right? So I threw it on before um, our show today. And, and Chloe was up still. And she watched with me. And she's asking about... Eddie Kingston at the end, the guy with the thing on his head, the mm-hmm, bandana. Mm-hmm. So what's that on his head? I'm like a bandana. And so like, is he a wrestler? And I go, what does he look like a wrestler? She's like, no, <laughs> she, he doesn't look like a wrestler. Uh, anyways, but like a lot of cussing on this show. Like I, 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 I was, I don't think this is a show I can watch with my kid. That's why it's easy to watch NXT. Cause I you do, know, I it, do wonder if that helps their, um, teenage demographic demographic the teenage the teenagers i don't know man a lot of a lot of shit and a lot of um 
the bitch was said on this show and i don't know sometimes it's it's not as cutting edge as it was in 1994 or 5 when ECW was doing the, it, right? The only reason they they probably even do it is because you they, WWE almost just doesn't do it at all. So that's just a way to be different. Um, but I, cursing or not cursing does not make a television show for me in any way. It just mm-hmm. It's just sort of interesting that they do it. Yeah. And I also don't like the fact that Tony Giovanni is being put in this position as like the geek of the announcing group i just especially after what we see as we review ww saturday night 1992 like his segments is like backstage or sit down interview stuff has been he's just really good at that i just wish they would treat him with a little more credibility and stuff but you know i mean i mean we we used to hate you and i and, and a lot of people used to hate when wwe did that to mm-hmm. their and they and they're just doing the same thing here you know that's 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 that's, that's disappointing um okay so the last thing and this is not really about the show. It is about this tournament that they're booking, though. The when I, when I saw who the eight men really were, I was like, okay, this only needed to be a four person tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Col- Colt Cabana didn't need to be in it. Um, Joy Janela didn't need to be in it. Wardlow didn't need to be in it. So I mean, they they have five really good wrestlers. So one person would have to be the odd person out, but. You know, wh- why Why are we putting Pentagon and Phoenix in the same bracket when, you know, maybe we could move out a Joy Janela and put, you know, them in different brackets? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I, I just like, if we are not utilizing, and, and you know what, maybe, maybe if I look at it, maybe the wins and losses do show that these should be the eight guys. It just didn't seem like these were the eight guys who needed to be in this tournament. Well, don't worry about the wins and losses because they don't mean <laughs> they don't mean well, much. But, if, but really. if they're using that to guide their booking, or if they're attempting to tell us that they are using that, like it just didn't seem like those would be the eight guys. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't think so. Unless I mean, I know war. I mean, who knows? I don't even keep up anymore because nothing really make you know. There's nothing really. F- it's they talk about the records and they say stuff like they you know talk about the combined record of Lance Archer and uh, John Moxley and stuff. But so so, and you you know instead of Janela instead of Colt instead of Wardlow, I would have rather had Lance Archer. I would have rather had um, Brody uh, Brody Lee. I would have rather had um, MJF MJF. But you can't put. MJF in there if he's not going to win it because if he doesn't win it then you mm-hmm. don't want him to be in it so I get that yeah and and it goes back to kind of what you said where you know you, when you beat these guys uh, immediately then you kind of can't beat them maybe when you need to beat them and so I don't know it, but look this is not an easy puzzle to solve right like this is you know weekly television and booking to pay-per-views and trying to make all this stuff meaningful and make sense I'm not saying that it that it's super easy to do, but that's it, more along the lines of your job in wrestling than just my job as a viewer. And it, and it doesn't. Uh, and, it's, and if they're getting, if they're just doing this to get to Adam Page and Kenny Omega, I think it's just it's just just a waste of time, in my opinion. Like the I mean, the tournament the way it laid out seems pretty predictable. I feel like they're going to do Ray. They they want to do Ray Phoenix and Kenny Omega in the semifinal. They want Page versus Wardlow makes sense, you know. I mean, I love Jungle Boy. I kind of like Page versus Jungle Boy, though. I do too, but I don't know if I would. I don't think you should be be beating Wardlow with Jungle Boy right now at this time. You know. Yeah. So, 
I mean, it seems that predictable. Maybe it's not, you know, but uh, I don't know. I wish they would have done something a little more creative to get to Page Omega, if that's what they really are doing at the pay-per-view. And I feel like they are. Yeah. One last dislike real quick. When I heard that they're going to still do Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara, <laughs> I just, just groaned. I was like, Ugh. Wasn't that like a unveiling of a secret mystery guy that you had forgot even was there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, wait, they did do so. We we were supposed to want to know who this person was. Right. Yeah. And I like when, when Matt Hardy came out I I wasn't even thinking about that. And they have such a big roster. They have a lot of people on the roster and it, but it that just shows how thin their main event talent or top talent is. And even Matt talking, I felt like, man, he's like a little off, you know, like it just like he seems still has effects from this thing. I don't know. I don't I just don't feel comfortable with him in the ring anymore. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I, I'm sorry to say, but I mean, it's feeling a little uh, and Cactus Jack, you know, when he was kind of getting dinged up a lot. Yeah. And what's next in this feud? What is the next level? He's already been thrown off. You know, Sammy Guevara has been thrown off a. A stage through a platform uh you know matt hardy's almost been killed you know like what else could they do this the next level of this thing and i don't want to see that because i that, that scares me yeah it's almost like they just want to prove that they could actually have a match without screwing up <laughs> yeah they want to finish what they started but you know what i think it's best to just to move on and i think sammy should be doing something else now you know you know what i would i i was when i when i was hoping that when mgf you know, I liked how we, and you know, it was a little bit, a bit of acting, overacting. But when he finally had to like suck in his pride and asked to be in the inner circle, you know, I liked, I liked all that. There's some good stuff there where Sammy like is in on, like knows that hey, this guy's not on the up and up, mm-hmm. right? But Jericho's like in love with his new toy, you know what I mean, like his new buddy. But Sammy's like now he's getting now Sammy was like the guy that Jericho was like his. His buddy that he hung out with. It seems like that's what they're leaning towards, at least. Yeah, let's hope so. I think that would be interesting. Yeah, and I hope they I hope they go that way. All right, let's. Uh, we we can we can get some mouthwash of this show. I didn't. I I personally didn't think it was very good. I know you didn't like it. I knew. I knew immediately you weren't going to like it when I was watching it. But yeah, I I, oh, I, I, I wasn't digging it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just this is like the antithesis of what you like about pro wrestling. Yeah. Um, but NXT, on the other hand, I thought for the first hour and a half of this show, it was like one of my favorite NXT shows in a long time. This is overall a good show. Yes, I, I would agree. Definitely. Especially after last last week, too. So um, they definitely came, put on a, everything came together fine here. And I thought it was overall very entertaining. It, it went by really fast for me. I remember just thinking, oh, man, we're already at the main event. You know, so, um, yeah, I, I liked it overall. So I think the first thing I kind of wanted to point out, which made me feel, you know, because like you said, like we both said, the AEW show feels kind of live and fresh, and we don't get that. Like, I, I just almost feels like sometimes I'll ask you, I was like, wait, was that show live or was that show taped? Like, I can't really tell the difference. And this was the first show in a while where I felt like that, that energy I, I i've felt more energy with this show than I did with the AEW show yeah. and i think some of it is the they had a, a deal with uh, atlas and adonis two younger guys 
I liked that. I, I kind of wish that Atlas didn't pin him. I wish that they would have. Some my dislikes. Yeah, I, I wish that that wouldn't have happened. But then you go next, Austin Theory, who's awesome, and so it felt to me like three young guys, mm-hmm. like back to back to back. They're kind of hot, and I wanted to see. I, I just want to see these guys week over week, and and like we look at AEW, and I feel the same way about Ricky Starks. To to an extent about Darby Allen, um, I know you know what Wade says every time we say the word the the name Jungle Boy when he doesn't actually wrestle. We got to take a drink, so I'm about to take a drink right now. But Jungle Boy as well, like those are the guys that I want to see. But in on 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 this night, NXT kind of outdid them when it came to the young stars. Yeah, oh, you know, and they got to build. They got to they got to you know they had, like they lost some people. People are hurt, so they got to give some new. Uh, some new faces, some chances, and I, I like I said, I like to show, and I, and we'll talk about this likes about that the Adonis Atlas match, but yeah, I, I agree with you, and and it's now it's before it was they would do two shows, right, one live, one tape, or one, I guess live two tape, you know, but now it's it's all live, so you know, the energy should be up going forward on these shows. Uh, all right, what was uh, one of your likes? Well, first of all, the opener, the tag team match, yeah, my undisputed, undisputed era, only and versus only longer Danny Birch. I could watch these guys, these four men, wrestle each other every night, and I probably would never be bored. Um, obviously, I think highly of Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish and all the undisputed era guys. They're such a great group, but I, I love the team of Only Lorcan and Danny Birch. Like they're just smash mouth, two tough dudes. Um, I really enjoy their work. They, you know, I guess. They're not the same character wise as like the Fabulous Rougeos, but like mm-hmm. the Fabulous Rougeos, like I always knew they're gonna have a good match. Like they're always gonna put on an entertaining showcase, and I just feel like same way with Danny Burch and Only Loker. When like when they're in a match, I'm into it. I'm I'm excited to see it. And this was really good tag team wrestling. Um, the best, uh, you know, you know. I think I think probably my my, my overall favorite match of the night, and. Um, I thought the finish was great. That sell by Oni Lorcan where he just crumbled out of that high knee was just like the timing on that was just looked so great. Um, this match was a lot of fun. And, you know, it's a number contendership to build up to a title match next week, which I'm a little bummed about. I know they need something next week, but I would like to see a tag title match on the Halloween Havoc mm-hmm. because, you know, NXT TakeOver didn't get a tag team title match. I think we missed a couple of tag team title matches on recent uh, bigger shows or bigger uh, Steve Teaser specials or takeovers. So, like, I was kind of hoping this would be on Halloween Havoc. But I understand you need something for the go-home show, uh, a big match. I know not your team, Fandango, is not because they're a big, <laughs> a big match for you. <laughs> you, but, you know, gosh, you, the, you know, I, th- there's a certain team that's going to be in this match who I see clearly yeah. as the baby faces who aren't going to be the baby faces in that match. Yeah, uh, but I, I mean, they still, when it comes to championships, I think, NXT does protect their championships well. So the, to me, the tag time still still mean something here. So I would like to see it on a bigger show. Person, you know, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, okay. So my second one is what was exactly what you said, which was the uh, which was that tag match. I don't know. I kind of grouped like Austin Theory with, with the young guys. Um, She's 22. I mean, yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah. but, but I just grouped it all together rather than separate the Johnny Gargano match, which I thought was really good. Um, 
I find myself uh, just really, really like just tunnel vision on Shotzi. And I, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know what it is about her that I like so much. I think she has like a really fun charisma mm-hmm. and she's not the greatest wrestler in the world, but I think she works hard. Her character is so interesting to me. And I'm watching this match with Candice and I kind of f- figure I'm figuring out w- what's going to happen here. Right. Um, but for whatever reason, again, I go back to that sort of babyface uh, character that I that I am, am looking for in wrestling today, and I just found her to be such a great babyface in this match. And again, I'm just so high on her. Now her her promo at the end talking about spin the wheel, make the deal. I could have done without that, but just her hey, in no, this match, no, dude. Come on, bro. She was trying way too hard. To- oh, I know. But come on, you, no, no, you, spin the wheel, make a deal is I'm great. Telling you. We're, it, uh, that is 100% positive. I'm, not one, I'm positive. Not one of these dorks that like, oh, the WWE's watching us, man. They're stealing our stuff. I, I think, though, I think, though, um, maybe the Fight Game podcast being listened to. Hey, you know, we've hey. been talking about it. Spin the wheel, make the deal. I'm, I'm pumped for that, by the way. I thought that, that was the, nice the only thing I did. The only thing I would have changed about that, I wanted the Rhea match to be spin the wheel, make a deal. No. You know why? Is because they started their thing mm-hmm. with a gimmick match. Yeah. And they can't keep their hands off each other. They just want to fight at every possible moment. So hit the spin the wheel, make a deal, and it's like no DQ or it's, you know, something to where they can just go nuts. And and that's that's kind of what I was hoping. Do you, do you see what's on that wheel? I didn't. I didn't see the wheel. The coal miner's glove. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, they're trolling but yeah, us actually, with that one. I think. Uh, oh, well, that's it's great. It's, you know what was cool? If like Regal, when he had that little backstage interview with Mackenzie, and he says like, "You know, I'm gonna think about a special stipulation for that." And then I out came like Terry Taylor <laughs> from like the connection of the, the old yeah, stuff. Yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. you know, like he was like, "Hey, uh, can I talk to you about something about Halloween Havoc? I think I got a good idea." Like, and then that's really kind of you know, like I think that would be kind of. Something funny, but uh, but yeah, um, nah. I'm pumped for spin the wheel mix deal. And um, did you have Johnny Gargano versus Austin Theory on your list? Yeah, I, just, I combined it with uh, just the young guys. Just I just loved all the young guys. I really liked this match, Johnny Gargano Austin Theory. I I I I think my I think I I think I'm feeling. That. I think they're gonna put these guys together. I think uh, the losing streak is you know this hot young cocky arrogant kid uh is finally gonna be like hey maybe i need some advice from someone and i think johnny garland's gonna say hey i can use this guy right i think he might get involved in the finish of the priest match at the take at the halloween havoc and i think um gargano's gonna win i also think candace is gonna win i think the uh, garganos are walking out with the belts which I don't want to see personally because I really like, of course, EO and I really like Damian Priest as, as North American champion. Um, but I have a feeling the Garganos are going to have a great night on, on the two weeks. Uh, okay. What, uh, what else do you have on your like list? Um, I, I had a couple more. Um, I liked the main event personally. I did not like, a, so I had a couple had asterisks on this one. I, I did not like. I like the selling of Loomis's ankle. I thought that was great part of the storytelling. Okay, so but when did he turn babyface? He's been babyface the whole time. But when? 
Like even even when he first started his character, he's just a baby face. At least on um, NXT TV, I don't know what he did at the Coconut Loop stuff like that. But I, I know like on TV, I mean, he, other than beating some jobbers, which he didn't know, but he was going after after heels. Like remember him and Roderick Strong. Um, who else was he? Well, he's mostly facing heels now. He's facing obviously he's facing Trevor, Cameron uh, uh, Grimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, yeah, he's been a babyface for for a while. Um, but I, I thought like I know it's like of course you can say the adrenaline rush and but like he's getting his ankle worked on. He's doing such a great job selling, mm-hmm. and I loved how he's selling for Priest because Priest like it's almost making him human, right? Yeah. I guess even though he he's not really Kane like you know, but. People kind of put that on him, but but he's a, he's being more vocal with the selling. But then like that moment where he springs up to that leg drop. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, I'm like, oh man, like come on, bro. But but I didn't like that, and also didn't like the post match stuff, just because as Priest is walking to the back, right? Come on, follow me. And I know, okay, now, now I'm like, okay, Gargano's coming out, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he does that, and the Garganos lay him out. And then Real Regal runs out to kind of talk, talk to him about, you know, the do the spin and wheel McDeal announcement. Priest just laying there. There's no officials. <laughs> no one's checking on him. He's just laying there like an idiot. And like William Regal's not even concerned about this guy just got knocked out. And you're just, now you're concerned about his champion. A, one of his champions is yeah, now you're concerned about making an announcement for Halloween Havoc. Like, dude, someone check on this guy. Like, you know. I know they were probably running out of time, but like you could at least allow some time for at least some kind of like doctor or medical staff to come out and check on him. I don't know. I just Atlas just looked a little too hokey for me. But um but overall I like the match. I like the pacing of the match. Um we saw a lot of fast paced action in the show. I mean, every match had a lot of you know, was a lot of fast paced. This match a little more plotting, but uh, in a good way though. I thought I liked it. All right, is that it? Or do you have No, more? you know what? I dug the Toy Storm return <laughs> and her her match. I, I mean, it wasn't the you know it was just what it needed to be a get over match for Tony Storm mm-hmm. and you know Leah did a good job with her and and we'll talk about some of my dislikes. But yeah, I'm I'm pumped that Tony's back. That was you know? one of my only dislikes. Really interesting. I, I didn't like. It didn't feel big. Like they they they've been doing these like couple of. Uh, video packages with her and then they did another one and then they're just like oh by the way she's up next like what <laughs> like when I, I i must have missed that she was gonna be I on the show i was so didn't surprised they announce, didn't they announce last week she returns next week yeah or something? maybe they did but it just felt like i it felt like they were gonna make this thing like really special and then they were like and it's next and i was like oh shit like it's next. well they did i was happy to see her for yeah but um so i didn't like I didn't like the match that much. She looked slow. I think this was his first, probably first match in yeah, how many months. Yeah, you know? I mean, it just, it se- and for, uh, that's what Timing it seemed probably to off me a little bit. too. Yeah. Uh, she seemed a little slow. I, maybe she still needs to kind of get in that wrestling shape that, uh, you know, that we were talking about with, uh, with Ember Moon last week. And this, you know, I, I hate when I say this because it seems like I'm picking on women. Do And th- we talk about this with guys, too, about, you know, when they come back from injury and stuff and, and they got to kind of get back into it. But, yeah, I, I just, you know, because I'm such a fan of hers. Mm-hmm. I just was not blown away by the whole thing. 
Yeah, I mean, I just like the whole like entrance and who who knew her new entrance, her new theme song, the presentation of her entrance. I thought just it made to me it made her like okay, this is she's someone special that you need to pay attention to. Which we of course you know if you've been following along with her career, she is someone you should pay attention. She's she's really good. So I'm just happy she's back, and um, I think she lives in I think she lives like in. United States, so that's great. You know, there's. I think she lives in Texas or something. What about her so, booth? Uh, her boo thing though, Juice is in the Japan. fight of his life in the G1, right? Yeah, yeah. Juice, what the f- man? All right, respect, <laughs> respect, Juice. Look, respect. Juice is a handsome guy. What are you gonna do? He is. He is a handsome he is, man. But uh, but uh, yeah. So I, I I just like the the entrance, and I like just I like seeing Tony Storm back, and I've like seen this division just. Just get stacked with well, some great talent. You know, I I had said in the past, like, ah, I don't like the depth of it. And then they bring back Ember Moon and Tony Storm, and it just improves by a hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, so this was the only dislike I had, and I had like a half of a dislike, <laughs> which is more so the last half hour of the show, because I enjoyed the first hour and a half. You know, it's actually not an hour and a half. If we take out the commercials, the whole show's an hour and a half, but I enjoyed everything, and then we got the Killian Dane thing, which, for the most part, I was okay with it because I, in some ways, it's kind of pulling his his personality out. But at the at the same time, I don't know if we need so many joke tag teams. Like I know Fandango's a little bit more uh, the Breezango's a little bit more serious now, but Respect, bro. But but still. <laughs> There, but still, like that's still they're still really no, gimmicky, and so yeah. this is even more gimmicky. And I don't know, it's just I, I, this show was going along so well. And even though Drake did entertain me, he cracked me up a couple times. I was like, this show is going so well until this thing. And I'm not the biggest Loomis fan, so that main event was okay. Like I was, uh, I was okay with it. But I was not. I was not like fired up to see that main yeah. event, and that kind of so the so the show. I was at like a, I was at like an eight and a half with the show all the way through, and then I got kind of down to like a seven for the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I had a, the Killian stuff and the Drake stuff on my on my dislike, and the match itself, I was cool with the match they had with Imperium. I thought overall the story they told was great. Imperium looked great. Um, I just. Just want to bang my head against the wall because they they have some they had something there with Killing and Drake as I talked about last couple of weeks of this you know Drake just finally winning the respect of this beast Killian Dane and now they become this great tag team yeah. where you know you, talk, you know Drake Maverick becomes Ricky Morton and and of the team and he sells and, a, and the big brother comes in and, and cleans house and and that's happening but it's it's not in a way where you're 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 laughing at them instead of getting like behind them, you know, like or you're not. They're not mainly. They they could be a main event team, really. They could be a tag team championship team if they were take a little more seriously. Like I didn't like the vignette with the whole like furry and fury. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't like that, and I didn't like the post match stuff. I like the stuff with Ever Rise. All that stuff was great. I like Killian saving Drake. I like that, but what made me turn against it was. When Killian Dane looks at Drake Maverick and says, I'm the only one that should hit you. Yeah. I guess to hit yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, is this some kind of like sub and dom thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, It's like, what this is, is a that's, bad relationship, man. Yeah, this is like weird. And, you know, I don't know much about that lifestyle, so I can't really comment 
I got a story real quick about that. Uh oh. A wrestling related story about <laughs> Southern Dom. Uh, Jesus. Um, uh, so I had this, there's this, a, a, a woman at APW, a trainee, and older, she's older, um, went to the boot camp, you know, was there for, just doesn't really get it, the wrestling part of it. But she's such a hard worker, always doing ring crew, always showing up, doing anything. And it's like, let's create something for her. And she had a unique look. It wasn't, she didn't look like Tony Storm, all right? Let's mm-hmm. just say. But mm-hmm. she had a unique look. I was putting together this Kevin Sullivan-like Army of Darkness group, right? And so I was going to make her like a valet. But I wanted to make her like a hound of hell. Like she's on a chain and, you know, like she just gets involved and she tacks and bites. And, you know, she just looked, she had this really crazy look. And I was telling her about this, right? Yeah, you'll be attached to the guy. He'll have you on a chain. And she looks at me in all seriousness. And she goes, no disrespect, but no one chains me. <laughs> I said, whoa. <laughs> and I, I said, okay, we'll, we'll do something different. You know, but we shouldn't have been in the gimmick, but there's no, there's no chaining involved. No, uh, right. she, yeah, so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's just so. Wait, did you get, so did you gain more respect for her for just for that line? Well, first I laughed my ass off inside, <laughs> and then I laughed probably outside. <laughs> you know, I just, I just, but you know, I no, I, I, this this particular woman I really respected in general because of her hard work. Yeah. And so, and and I don't want to put anyone that's not going to be comfortable in the position. You know, I want them to be comfortable in their gimmick. So, yes, I didn't want to force it on her that, you know, had this vision. It's not worth it for her not to have a good performance if she's not into it. So, All right. What were some of your dislikes? Because that was all for me. Um, well, I, well, the, the Shanti Atlas match, yeah, we had two young guys. Great. A little bit choreographed, like too much, you know. Um, I didn't really like that, the match itself. But I like the potential of both. Obviously, Jake Atlas, I worked with at APW. Jake Atlas, I was on from, you know, pretty much day one, bringing him at APW and, you know, seeing with that the potential of that kid. And he's I'm so happy that he's, you know, now a contractor wrestler in a major company. And But Ashanti Adonis has a lot of potential. I liked him even his little job matches he would do. And I can tell he's a great bumper and, I liked his personality. I don't know about his ring gear this time around. I was a little, a little skeptical, but um, um, but why is he losing here? Yeah, like they could have done something where you know Ashanti wins because he did interfere in the the title match at Takeover between Swerve and uh, Escobar, uh, Santos Escobar, right? Mm-hmm. So they could he could have won beat him uh, Atlas with like a roll up or something. And then, you know, Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde come out and start putting the boots to him, you know, and then Swerve could come out and make a save. Right. And so now we have a tag team match between Swerve and Ashanti Adonis versus Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde. And now on that match next week, now Santos Escobar comes out and he gets involved and now Jake Atlas comes out. So now then at Halloween Havoc or maybe a week after Halloween Havoc, now we can have a six man tag at, you know, a big six man tag. I just think they could have, I just, why are you beating 
is is now this guy you're, you're trying to get over like in this in this just a roll up it just you know and i'm all good for a, a, a roll up or a small package or inside cradle but like it's not no, nah, not when you're pushing someone new or getting a new character over. Mm-hmm. I just, 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 just you're you're just starting to uh, you're starting to race horse off and shooting him in the foot. Yeah, in my opinion. Yep. So, yep. And my last one is uh, the uh, Ember Moon. And I'm doing air quotes here. Sit down interview that they were promoting. Oh my God, my sit down interview with Ember Moon. But Jesus, why did did they see what happened last week when she got the <laughs> mic? Well, I knew I really I realized it was now a positive. It was post produced. Obviously, like that's the best way to do it. But does Ember Moon come off to you likable? Well, her original character was super mysterious, right? Like mm-hmm. she had the eyes and she didn't really talk. And if she did, it was not these long sentences where she actually has to engage. I think she's trying hard to play a baby face. Um, and, and, you know, let, let's give her let's give her a chance because I think she does have to kind of grow into this character. And I think she tried to really engage herself into the NXT fan base because she was like, I've been to WWE, but this is really the place to be, right? Like, that's like, that was kind of the focus of the interview. So, to that end, I think she was really trying. But yeah, she, she you know, it's so, some of this is also probably the words that they're giving her and stuff. Like, she's really got to find her own. But you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, like, it's not a main event promo. She she is not a main event promo. No. And, um, you know, so I don't, I don't know fully if, if she's going to be able to, especially when you got Rhea, when you got EO, now you got Tony Storm. Ember Moon might be like fourth or fifth down the line. And I think they probably think that she should be like one or two. I think Ember Moon is just a natural. I think, I don't know her real name. I forget her real name, but I think she's a natural heel personally. Like, even in this interview, she's, like, she talked about herself in the third person, which I thought was weird, you know, for a baby face. So, I know The Rock did it, but he's The Rock, right? We're not <laughs> we're not talking about that. Ron one. Simmons uh, did it tonight on a, on a WCW Saturday night. Or, yeah, that Ron. <laughs> tonight, meaning the I watched it tonight, but we'll talk yeah. about it on Monday. Um, So, I don't know. I just, I, I'm more excited about Tony Storm than Ember Moon. Yep. So, absolutely. I, I have 100%. I definitely, you're right. Like when pecking order wise, I even have Shotzi ahead of you know Ember Moon mm-hmm. personally. You know, I know Ember's obviously more polished than Shotzi, but I'm more interested in Shotzi's story. Like you said, like you, you want you're, you get behind her because you like you love her enthusiasm, right? And you're rooting for her. So I don't know. I think uh, Ember Moon. I don't know. I'll give it a couple more weeks and see how I maybe I'll turn the corner on her. Uh, okay, so I think that is it. So clearly to me, this was an NXT win. They, I, you know, who knows? Because week to week, these shows change. It's not like one show leads into momentum for the next week. Sometimes they go on on a run here and there. AEW has, has gone on a few runs. AEW looks, to seem, looks like they're really packing the next two weeks of TV so we'll see what happens there. And uh, I, I, I literally have no, no idea what's happening next week. But at least we have a bit of a destination for NXT with the with the Halloween Havoc show, because that show looks yeah. a lot of fun. I, I, I'm enjoying the build up to Halloween Havoc more than I did for TakeOver, though TakeOver had a really big match that I really wanted to see, right? The main event. So 
but like I still like the like what they're doing here with with Halloween Havoc, and it's, it's it's fun too. Like it's fun and it's exciting and and a little nostalgia with the spin the wheel, make the deal. And I don't know if we're gonna get lightning bolts out of people's do, eyes. Do, okay, but, so right. in 1992, spin the wheel, make the deal. Mm-hmm. Because Shotzi said, spin the wheel, make a deal. Oh. I don't know if that's like WWE, you know, change it up. Clash, the Clash of Champions versus Clash of the Champions. Like they kind yeah, of do, yeah, like, yeah. so I don't know. Or maybe she made a mistake. I don't know. But that, that, I was wondering about that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even realize. I, just, I was excited just to see the spin the wheel man. <laughs> I, I know. Perfect timing for us. Yeah. All right. So uh, that'll be it from here. But we have audio all weekend long. So if you don't have a lot of stuff to do this weekend, you're just hanging out, quarantining, have the UFC on, throw on one of these shows in the background. Hopefully we got you covered. And John and I will be back on Monday with uh, alongside the, the last G1 cast. So uh, that's when you will hear the two of us. So for John, I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.